Howdy. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Calls. I am your host, Jake McAtee. This week is a special episode as I had the opportunity to interview George Gilder in his home in Massachusetts about his re-release of his classic text, Men in Marriage. If you're interested in learning more about the book, head to dadsareback.com. That's dadsareback.com. The campaign for this has been all about the dads. Civilization is built by men with families to feed. Without the dads, we're toast. Dads must be back or our civilization will not make it without them. That's dadsareback.com. Check out George Gilder's re-release of his classic work, Men in Marriage. And without further ado, meet George Gilder. All right, now welcoming on special guest, recurring guest. You've come on before. Uh, Welcome, George Gilder. Glad to be here. (laughs) Well, thanks for letting us invade your home in Tyringham, Massachusetts. uh, You're certainly welcome. (laughs) You've been very kind. Yeah. Uh, So this is a momentous occasion because Canon is going to to re-release Men in Marriage. Yeah. Now, can you can you take us back to when Men in Marriage was released the first time? You had some trouble getting a publisher for it, right? Yeah, well, it it was uh, my book, uh, Following Wealth and Poverty. And Wealth and Poverty was a worldwide bestseller. And Simon & Schuster was happy to have the rights to the next book that I produced. Yeah, and uh, I came forward with "Man and Marriage," uh, which was really a very fully rewritten version of uh, sexual suicide. The same themes, but it was really a a completely rewritten book, and and really a new title, a new book, and and they. They said, no, no, that, that, that was really just sexual suicide, and we want a new, one, new book. But somebody else will publish it. Uh, we're, you don't mind if somebody else publishes it. So we sent it all over all the publishing houses in New York, and each one would come to me. That's a, it's really exciting, George. It's really wonderful. But uh, we have a little problem and our staff here and 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 we we just can't do it yeah and um and it just happened again and again and and finally um i had to go outside of the new york publishing centers that had always uh done my books from the party that lost its head, which was Knopf, and uh, sent it down to Gretna, Louisiana, where Pelican Books, Milburn Calhoun of Pelican Books, was eager to publish it. So, okay, so it it was published in Gretna, Louisiana, and and it uh, was longer in print, and probably over the years sold many more copies. Then the Spirit of Enterprise, which was um, a major book, Simon and Schuster, that I did, 
So that's the one that ended up going with Simon and Schuster. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they, I fulfilled my contract with Simon and Schuster through the spirit of enterprise, which is the core of it. It had a, a lot of theory of enterprise, but but its principal theme was uh, that Micron Technologies epitomized the spirit of enterprise in America. It was a startup for nothing, and it was challenging the big uh, microchip companies in Japan and around the world, and, and Silicon Valley, for that matter, in making memory chips. And they figured out how to make smaller memory chips than anyone else by changing the design of the device. And uh, Micron today, um, well, it, today it's one of the three or four top memory chip producers in the world and in a memory chip market that's grown by a factor of 100 or something. And, and it's, but at times it's been the top memory chip producer in the world. And, and when I wrote about it in Spirit of Enterprise, it was just a startup. It was just a small team in Boise, Idaho, uh, financed not by a um, microchip man, but by a potato chip man, uh, uh, J.R. Simplot, who actually also did the French fries for McDonald's famously. He learned how to freeze French fries for McDonald's and, okay. and allowed you to have pretty good French fries at McDonald's, people tell me. I, McDonald's isn't my favorite restaurant, but uh, uh, I gather the French fries are, are quite appetizing. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, J.R. Simplot made his fortune that way. Okay. After... Coming across the country, he was an old man when he made his flyer in Micron, but he uh, first crossed the country to Idaho in a c covered wagon. So he sort of uh, bridged the entire history of American enterprise from the early years to the most advanced devices in the 21st century. So, what do you did? You ever think Men in Marriage would have another life? Do you think any of those other? I mean, of all the of all your books, is this one that you think particularly has legs? Yeah, I think Men in Marriage just really was inspired somehow. I've got the divine guidance or something for it, and it uh, it oh, it's been going for really in a, it's steady sales for almost how many years now? Uh, 86 it, to now, so yeah, 40 years? Yeah, 40 years, really pretty much 40 years and uh, almost 40 years. And, and that's pretty rare for uh, a book that uh, particularly that no one would publish. And, <laughs> <laughs> It was a scandal because feminism was kind of a sacred cause in this country. And I'm to say that not only were women superior sexually and in many ways, yeah. 
um, but they probably wouldn't rule the society. And uh, they were different from women, from men. And uh, this was always evident to me from the time I was a small child. I recognized that they were different. But uh, the world sort of uh, acquired these artificial academic blinders that led them to imagine that the differences were meaningless and and the production of some either divine or global or corporate conspiracy. To, um, to someone who hasn't heard of the book or all of the scandals, no. what is the central insight, do you think? The essential insight is that the differences between the sexes are the single most important fact of life that underlies all our sexuality and thus our ability to extend the race into the future and in this in families and without families you don't have prosperous economies you don't have a procreative um, societies and you don't have creative societies with an orientation to the future. I um, provocatively said that the man's link to the future passes through the womb of a woman and uh, that a uh, single man estranged from this process tended to live in a moving present and and we're often a problem for society. And, and everybody was talking about how there was discrimination against women in the workplace. And this book really showed that single men earn less money than single women of the same age and qualifications, which, and uh, single men made only half as much money as married men. So, so the of the same age and uh, evident credentials, and the, the, this repeated with divorced men, and it was just a kind of pattern yep. that suggested that the source of productivity was the link of the man to the future through families. Through and, family. This morning we watched through your uh, appearances on television, uh, and uh, there was a woman on the Phil Donahue show that talked about this, uh, w the, the task of taming these single barbarians. And she was, she didn't really like that. Yeah. That was her job. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? When you mean, when you say tame the barbarians, do you want these kept safe men? No, no. I, I really like man rampant. Yeah. As, uh, <laughs> But, you want man rampant, yeah. Uh, but um, but uh, uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, the senator from New York and the great UN ambassador, a major figure in our history, wrote a report on the black family under Lyndon Johnson decades and decades ago, uh, which... Uh, led him to propose that that uh, single men were like an invasion of barbarians of the society and 
I sort of worked with that and and declared that every generation society is invaded with by single men and that these single men have to be tamed uh, before the society can really uh, function and civilization can prosper. And so I talked about the taming of the single man. But this, this is really uh, a transformation of the single man from a sh from usually short-term and sometimes exploitative and predatory approach to women and to the culture uh, to uh, long-term horizons that made him a builder and a conqueror and a, and a creator in the image of his creator. So that was sort of the, that was the insight with the, Invasion of barbarians, allegory, or whatever. Yeah. The other day you said the single man was sort of a blunt instrument, and you mm. wanted to become, you know, a sharp-edged yeah. yeah, right, right. That's a, that's a good analogy, too. George, watching the reactions you got, not only with sexual suicide on the Dick Cavett show, oh, yeah. but uh, Men in Marriage with the Phil Donahue show. In 2023, what do you expect the reaction... How do you expect this to be received? I think it it was horror and indignation and high dungeon and yeah. and, and outrage, but yeah. but also with a recognition increasingly of its truth. Because right. I mean, this society is really engulfed by a kind of sexual madness now, where it's People are even unable to define a woman and a man, and and imagine that transsexuality is a, is not just a, an eccentric or extreme uh, and somewhat twisted form of human sexual behavior, but is somehow to be admired and celebrated and right and and it's heroic. Clear, clearly if the whole it's clearly a part of a sexual suicide society as i called it yep. and and it's it, because ultimately if you don't have families and marriages and 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 really different sexes you end up of uh, depopulating the planet which is really the goal of uh, right. of quite influential academic voices i mean paul ehrlich uh, the famous author of the population bomb right uh, decades ago said that uh, we'd run out of resources by 2000 or something and now here we are in 2023 and they're still seem to be uh, well all the major resources have dropped in price measured by the crucial uh, and universal index of how much time a typical worker has to work to gain the money to buy a, a, a loaf of bread or a gallon of gas or a a light for his uh, house or, right. or or space in housing. It's it's 
even housing, which is often regarded to be impossibly more expensive than it was in the past, is if you adjust for the, the average size of the houses, which are 50% bigger than they used to be, and, uh, and the smaller families that are in the houses, uh, you get the cost of space per person, certainly in hours of work to pay for it, right. has, has dropped uh, dramatically over the years. So a lot of the analysis of the so-called plight of the middle class is actually a problem of family disruption and dissolution rather than actual economic degradation or anything. One thing, one thing that I think is important about Men and Marriage specifically is it's a book of anthropology. Yeah. yeah. And it's not necessarily a book about prescription or, or here's how uh, the guilders run their household yeah, yeah. their roles, right? Do, yeah, do, yeah. Do, you, do you feel that that's a missed a lot of the pushback you get seems to be about prescription. Yeah, yeah. Somehow that? I'm 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 telling other people how to live or something. Right. When I'm I'm I really did immerse myself deeply for almost a decade in the anthropology of uh, sexual roles and and family emergence and one of the best text I read was by E.A. Wrigley, okay. who uh, showed that uh, the Industrial Revolution happened in precisely the parts of Europe where the nuclear family was established. Okay. And, uh, that, uh, and that this was kind of a confirmation of anthropological findings from around the world where uh, uh, you know female-headed families or group families or uh, sort of familial collectivities where the responsibility for supporting specific children wasn't focused on particular men uh, the the Industrial Revolution didn't happen. It was really right. an achievement of men under the gun, you know, under who yeah. had to deliver for their for their family for their families, yeah, to maintain their connections to the their genetic offspring on into the future, and that 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 is sort of a principle yep. of anthropology that Margaret Mead and um, many other uh, Malinowski. Uh, I've I, st I studied all kinds of anthrop leading anthropologists. Goldberg and and Stephen Goldberg yeah. did a, a really powerful tract on called the inevitability of patriarchy that that merely showed that in all societies ever analyzed by anthropologists, the men held uh, the major leadership role in politics there's and there there were the amazons the reports of the amazonian tribes were really mostly mythical and when i ex examined places where the family broke down in 
in U.S. society, yep. it, when you actually look at what's going on, the women were often cowering back in their apartments with the little children while gangs of boys ruled the streets. Right. And and uh, it wasn't a pattern that that should be imitated more widely, it didn't seem to me. Right. Right. I think one of my favorite parts about your work is uh, you almost seem pulled through the hedge backwards on Christianity and faith to some degree. By that, I just mean with men in marriage, you don't start out with the Apostle Paul's family no. codes. No, no, no. I, I, I felt I wanted to persuade secular society yeah. and and and. People who really uh, discover the gratifications and joys and right. and significance of families tend to wonder where this institution originated, and it it brings people to God as much as it's an expression yep. of uh, a Christian dogma or something. Right. It's 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 really a human experience that affirms a divine uh, providence and and uh, revelation and and as, so as christians it seems so obvious when it looks when you look back on it of course yeah, yeah. you say in your last chapter you know the the key insight to uh the success of a society is when the fathers start to believe that when you give, they will be given unto yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been a, th a theme of of uh, the two that the golden rule that uh, give and you'll be given unto is also the central fact of capitalism, right. where you got to give through investment. Investments are really giving your wealth to others and collaborating with others in response to the needs of right. others who are going to be your customers. It's, it's a really altruistic sense founded in the golden rule. And I think families are also founded in the golden rule. I mean, mothers, think right. of the long years of, of effort that mothers have to make uh, to get these bulky bundles of possibility <laughs> into school and 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 out into the world, it's a it's it sacrifices yep. now for for a much better future, and that's that's really the yeah. wisdom of the ages and the lesson of anthropology and and sociology and economics. It's a total investment, and one thing that you say too is, it takes faith. They're not sure a mother's yeah, not yeah, sure yeah, yeah. if she'll get a return on her yeah, investment. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Families are sort of ultimate entrepreneurs that they have to give now for a return in the future that possibly might not even be delivered until after they pass on. It's a uh, the two points uh, really were that uh, given you'll be given unto, and in the beginning was the word, and which really pervades all my information theory.
you know, which is, yeah. I'm, I'm well known in subsequent years since Men and Marriage. Right. I've written 10, 15 books on technology and uh, science and technology. And, and my sort of conclusions come up, are summed up by information theory, which uh, in, in my current book, uh, Life After Capitalism, I say that wealth is knowledge, yep. growth is learning, information is surprise. It's not some information isn't some determinist guarantee. It's right. it's surprise, and thus it requires faith. And right. that and uh, and the last chapter of wealth and poverty is the necessity of faith. Uh, we do not have a guaranteed. World, this is not the human ex experience. We don't. There are no guarantees. Yeah. Uh, there are, um, but there are rewards to faith, freedom, and family, and uh, those are the key principles that underlie our civilization. I think. Uh, I think. One of the reasons we're so excited to publish your book and and and, and honor to work with you is just the well, legend of George Gilder and all, all of uh, all the things you just mentioned, those key things that go into life after capitalism. Uh, uh, you see seeds of that in the book Men and Marriage. They're uh, not uh, um, fully developed, but you do see you you see those seeds. So well, I'm uh, so happy to see uh, you folks uh, a really. Precious remnant out in uh, Moscow, Idaho, uh, really preserving these great truths at a time of sort of global derangement <laughs> on these subjects, and it's it's really a, a, a very important to have. Uh, you know, people are flocking to Moscow from uh, all around the country, a particular uh, invasion of barbarians That's from right. California, and uh, they get tamed in Moscow. That's I right. Mean. That's right. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Well, great to see you. Thank you so much. <laughs>